0: This week's episode of the Third Line Podcast is brought to you by the Area 51 Sports Network and all of their amazing sponsors. Make sure to head over to area51sportsnetwork.com slash sponsors to check them out, whether it be Bench Clearers, High Stick Vodka, bet99.com or Habson. You can get exclusive deals on all of these fantastic products through the website. Support them because they support us, and hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode of the Third Line Podcast. So welcome back to the third line podcast this week episode 15 uh i'm here with uh jess and liz uh, i'm adam and then chris hopefully will be joining us a little bit later so we got plenty to talk about because we have two weeks worth of content to get out there but first off the nhl playoffs have finished tampa bay won the cup there's a lot of debate about it Uh, We're not going to talk too much about uh, Tampa Bay being $18 million over the cap and winning the Stanley Cup. But does anybody have any uh, concluding thoughts on the playoffs or anything like that?
1: Nothing good. Literally just ready to move on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's the general, uh, I guess, that's the general, you know, feeling. It's July. Why are we still talking about the playoffs type thing?
1: I'm like, I don't dislike it. I like Tampa for the most part. I have no thoughts on like them being over the cap. I really don't care. They figured it out good for them. Toronto does stuff like that all the time, and no one says anything. So like at this point, I don't care. Because it doesn't benefit Toronto.
0: Yeah, because they've never won a playoff series since like <laughs> before Jess's kids were born.
1: hmm Okay, but either so... way. I don't know. Okay. So as far as that goes, I don't really care. As far as them, like, winning the cup, good for them. Now let's move on. I'm I'm bored.
0: <laughs> okay, so a couple weeks ago, what we did was we um, put out a question on Twitter. And what it was was we asked uh, people to vote on who the best WHO alumni currently in the NHL is. Four choices. Braden Point, Leon Dreisaitl, Mark Stone, Carey Price. 134 votes. Uh Jess or Liz, do you want to take a guess on who uh, won and what percentage?
1: Well, I'm looking at it right now. So <laughs> Yeah, I thought we already knew.
0: Liz, do you want to take a guess to see uh how close you were to the a uh, number and who won?
1: I thought we already knew. I thought we already knew it was Leon Drisettle. Yep. We we went yeah,
0: Leon Dreisaitl won with 41.8% of the vote. Second was Carrie Price with 246 That's Oh, cool. no, actually. Second was Braden Point with 25.4%. Third was Carrie Price with 246 And Mark Stone got 8.2%. <laughs> so what is everybody's thoughts on the poll? And since Chris has joined us, why doesn't he uh, start off?
2: Yeah, um... Coming in a little late there. Um, I think it's pretty obvious, like, Tricidal's been in the heart conversation for a few years straight. Um, You know, if you're going off those four, I mean, points playoffs was insane. Uh, You know, anyone that can be at almost a goal per game in the playoffs. But I think it's just uh, overall numbers. If point gets up to the 80, 90 points a year, I think it's he'd run away with it, but right now, that's sort of Dreisaitl's territory and points not quite there yet, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an entirely different poll if uh, Price gets a cup.
0: Uh, Jess, do you want to uh, jump in?
1: Sorry, I was dealing with my cat again. Um, I'm not honestly surprised that Dreisaitl was the one that, that took the poll and that he was the clear winner, I think. If you look at uh, the seasons that he's had in the past, despite the fact that he is on a team that does not seem to really gain traction in the playoffs, he's one of their main reasons for getting as far as they do. So I'm not really shocked that Seidel came out on top on that one.
0: Yeah, it it proves that it's kind of hard to win when you only have two players on your team. That's the thing.
2: That's the thing, right? As you look at Tampa, like if they had less stars, Point might shine a little more. But you know, he's basically on an all-star team, so it's like, oh yeah, you know, who's better, Point or Stamkos or Kucherov, or you know, you don't get the attention, and not to mention, you know, you're sharing power play time and all that stuff with multiple guys that are capable. When you have a a two-minute power play, uh, when you're Edmonton. I'm pretty sure there was probably multiple times this year where Dry and McDavid were on for the whole two minutes just because they need them to be.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like their second power play played very little, if yeah. any. They're kind of like yeah. Vancouver. Vancouver, they just didn't have a second power play. And I think their first power play averaged like over a minute 15 per power play. Like McDavid and Dry must be. Up there, like close to two minutes per power. We
1: chose Mark Stone, though I wanted to vote Braden Point, but I I also knew Mark Stone was going to be fairly low on this poll, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, but I I would have voted Point. Um,
0: yeah. You know, it's weird that you say that. You know, he's Mark Stone is low because he's the only one out of the four that was nominated for an award this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stone was nominated for the Selkie. Nobody else was nominated for anything, yeah, that I know that I remember. I, I don't think Dry Settle was nominated
1: in terms of like from the fans, unless you're from Vegas or Ottawa at the moment, um especially because he didn't show up in playoffs.
2: see, and a poll like that is is really tough, too, because, you know, it's it's about the team you're on, you know, like, you take, let's just say, because they're a train wreck right now. Um, you take Drysital and put him on Vancouver. You take Point and put him on Vancouver. You put Stone on Vancouver. Teams where you know you're not surrounded by the All Star cast. Then who is the best? Like who is able to drive play the best? Because Point, I mean, his his production's great, and you look at his numbers. And I can't take anything away from his playoff performance, but. When you're on a line with Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman's on the back end, like any player that is half decent is going to put up 40, 50 points. So you put point on, on a worse team. Is he as good as Dreisaitl? Like,
1: yeah, hard to, hard to say. The thing that I'm thinking of is you, you look at a three on three overtime. Who do I want on the ice? Yeah, so that, To be honest, I would want point out of all of them. Yeah. Just for the sake of, you have a damn good chance he's going to get a goal. I mean, granted, most of the guys on that list, I mean, obviously not Price, because he's not going to score you a goal in overtime. No. He totally needs to, though. <laughs> it would be legendary. Okay, like... okay well, well flip, flip the script then.
2: Shootout. Because a goalie can be just as important in the shootout. You have a shootout, and you need a win to... There's no shootouts in the playoffs. So say you're in a shootout, and if you win, you make the playoffs. Well, what you could do
0: is penalty shot,
2: game seven, overtime. There you go. Yeah, penalty shot, game seven, overtime. Do you want Price trying to make the stop?
1: If, If we're facing Price, if I have to choose one of those guys to face Price, I would take Stone.
2: But if you had the opportunity to say, you know what, you're on the other team, and... You either need a goal to win or you need to make a save. You know, like is is it weighted the same for you? Because I don't know. I mean, Price's regular season numbers were so bad this year, and then he just turned it on in the playoffs. So the consistency is not quite there for me. So in a poll like that, I think I would have chosen either dry sidle or point as well.
1: But also are we going like current play or are we going like career?
2: I think the poll said current.
1: Could yeah, change it a little bit like,
2: for cool.
0: us. In that, if you had to have one player for one season only, does that change the answer to the question?
2: You know what? I I, I like changing it a completely different way. You're starting a team. Carry Price at 18. Dry Sidle at 18. Point at 18. Stone at 18. Who do you draft?
0: Oh, okay, Carry but- Price. Knowing what we know, it's Carey Price.
1: Not even knowing what we know, knowing how he played.
0: Yeah. What is he? He's like one of the only goaltenders to win the Hart Trophy uh, in his career. He he basically swept the awards that year. Like
2: he's been the
0: anchor for Canada for last couple years. Like he just always he always shows he seems to always show up. Like he's taking Montreal teams that shouldn't even. Well, so like Eastern world. Conference
1: Finals. You want to build a confidence a confident team, you start in net, like you, you want yeah. your team to be you confident in the netminder.
2: Yeah. So I mean that, that's just an interesting way to look at the poll. Like, you know, you know, right now everyone's like, oh flashy, you know, the goals they're flashy and everybody wants to see that. But it's like if you were building a team, I mean, yes, you need goal scoring, but I mean
1: guys, currently, like if we're taking them currently and building a team at, around one of them. I would still say Braden Point. Yeah. But
2: if you have a guy that can pop in 70, 80 points every year for most of his career and get be a point per game player in the playoffs, it's hard to argue that. And Dreisidel can't exactly say he's a point per game player in the playoffs because they've played what four games in the playoffs? Five, six? Yeah, in a struggle.
0: Well, then you also look at Mark Stone. Mark Stone had I think it was zero goals against Price. Yeah, Braden Point had zero goals against Price. Yeah, Drysaitel didn't even play against Price, so Drysaitel like, so
2: didn't make it out of the first round. So yeah, really, you know, if if you really dig deep, I, I think the the winner should be Price. Like, yes, his numbers didn't show it this year, but yeah, it's it's recency bias is why Drysaitel and Point were so high.
1: If you're looking at it career wise. I would say Kerry Price. If you're looking even at if, it. Even if a-
2: Tricidal and Point yeah. stay on their projections that they're doing right now?
1: It depends. Give them a career that matches Price's longevity and then yeah. see where it's at that point. Um, but what I'm meaning is, like, if we're building a team now and if I had to choose one of those guys that I would want, I'd say Braden Point. If we're going over who I think overall has been the best, you got to go with yep. Kerry Price.
2: Yeah, I I think it's too it's too convoluted to really, you know, pick a clear winner. I think you know you know everyone that voted in the poll, obviously Drysaitel. You know, recency bias. Yeah, he pops goals in, but when you got Connor McDavid feeding you the puck every time, there's a lot of people that can put in 20, 30 goals in the NHL with McDavid feeding you the puck.
1: I think at this point we just need to be excited that that type of ca- talent has gone through the WHL. And that yeah. in five, six, seven years, we're going to have a complete different set of guys that we're going to say the same thing about.
0: Yeah, like uh, we're going to be t- maybe talking about uh, Dylan Gunther in the next couple years. Sebastian Casa, yeah. Logan Stankoven, like these guys, Carson Lambos, these guys in the uh, WHL now who in a couple years could really, you know, blossom. I just want to bring up one thing about Mark Stone, which I find incredible. You know, he was drafted in the sixth round in 2010. Uh, after a 28 point uh, in 39 game season with the Brandon Wheat Kings, the next season he had 106 points with in 71 games, and then in his uh, draft plus two season he had 123 points in 66 games. So if you want to talk about a player who like really stepped up after dra- being drafted, Murkstone is just is, is that guy, like. Close. You have you have over an uh, what an over an eighty point difference between your draft season and your draft plus one season. Like I, I don't know how. But I don't if know you look at the
2: player. way, if you look at the way Stone plays, like his his gas tank is full of emotion. That is how he runs, and the momentum of getting drafted and having that moment and whatever clearly just skyrocketed him. I mean. You see the guy, there's no one in the NHL that enjoys scoring a goal more than Mark Stone. Like, that guy Mm -hmm. just loves putting the puck in the net. Well, Ovechkin. I don't know, have you seen Stone, though? Like, when he scores, I swear over 18,000 or 20,000 people screaming, you can hear him screaming over all of them. Like, his expressions when he he puts one in, it's just insane. the, The guy just, he's over the moon, and like... I just feel like maybe he got that momentum of of hearing his name called and he just went, let's go, we're going to do this. And yeah.
0: So uh, we'll transition here a little bit. Speaking of WHL players into the, uh, uh, I guess, sad news of, uh, potentially sad news of Shea Weber and his uh, career might be over. Now he's had um, foot surgery in the past. A lot of people are talking and comparing him to Forsberg who had multiple surgeries on his feet but never could get um, it fixed to the point where he could continue to play. So news came out today that Shea Weber might be done not just for this year but for his career. Uh, He might not play at all next year. They're leaving him exposed in the expansion draft. So uh, what's everybody's first reaction uh, to this news about the uh, former Kelowna Rocket?
2: It's, you know, he's had a potentially Hall of Fame career. Like, I I think he's he's in that conversation for sure. Um, He was one of those defensemen that kind of you had to keep your head up. Like you knew when Shea Weber was on the ice, his his hits, his slap shot. Like he changed the way people had to play when he was on the ice. People would literally get out of the way when he was taking a slap shot um it's it's unfortunate if if any player has to retire before they're ready due to injury um and especially after a guy got that close to getting his first cup like i was pulling for them so hard at just because of price and weber and to see his career get cut short because of just a nagging foot and ankle injury is is unfortunate and I really hope this is not his last year.
0: So I'll throw out some uh, Shea Weber stats quickly here. Um, He had an 8.1 shooting percentage, which is one of the best among active players throughout his career. He's got the most goals by defensemen uh, in the NHL active with 224. He's seventh in uh, defensive scoring among active players with 589 points. He, uh, is a plus 79 career and he's a- averaged over his career 24 minutes and two seconds a game. So, yeah, he is definitely a special player. That's not including, you know, all the accolades. He has the gold medal, he has the uh, Memorial Cup, he's got the World Championship, uh, he's got the U20.
2: Did he, Championship. He, never, he? He never won a Norris, did he?
0: No, he didn't he's he's won two olympic golds he's won the world cup of hockey memorial cup but yeah he never won the norris i i he i'm sure he was nominated at one point because some of his uh career numbers on there are pretty you know incredible uh some of his seasons that he had but i don't know if he ever i as far as i know he was he never won it you know he had a 56 point season he had a 51 point season 53 but yeah he never he definitely never won it and then on top of that he also went to uh what's that seven all-star games or he participated in seven all-star games
2: speaking of shea weber having to retire i'm really hoping that the nhl will find a way to enforce some of the cap recapture penalty because it seems a little ridiculous that you know, the Canucks are one of the only teams that are going to have to be punished by that rule and, you know, have to carry three mil of Luongo's contract because of an attempted... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, take, taking advantage of the cap situation, um, cap circumvention. That was the the Tampa Bay Lightning. I should know this. We've had this conversation multiple times recently. The cap circumvention penalty with Luongo, they basically said, like, what we did wasn't illegal, but it was ruining the spirit of the rule. So they gave us this penalty. So Nashville signs Shea Weber to what was it at the time? A four-year contract or something?
0: But it wasn't, if I remember correctly, it wasn't Nashville who signed him, it was Philadelphia that signed him. And then Nashville had to match.
2: Yeah, they had to match, but that was their choice to match. And at the time, a 14 year contract was totally legal. So, but the premise of the entire contract, if Nashville was scared at all of, you know, the potential down the road for a cap recapture penalty or a circumvention penalty, they could have just taken the compensation, which at that price point would have been something like, what is it, four first round picks? Uh, I think there's even more Um, at at that price point. It would have been at least four first-round picks. And yes, at the time, Shea Weber was at the peak of his career. But regardless, they said, you know what, we will take that gamble. We'll sign knowing full well that the deal is structured in order to minimize the cap hit knowing full well that he probably won't play the last few years of the deal, literally what every team in the league was trying to do for a while, and they slapped a recapture penalty on, I believe it was New Jersey for Kovalchuk, uh, Vancouver for Luongo. They they slapped a few down, and then now for Weber, they're going to be like, well, the way that was structured, you know, that... Re-. Don't get me wrong, the recapture penalty is insane. Um, the last year of his deal, it's something like $20 million against Nashville's cap. But if they completely wash it and just go, well, we'll give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, I'm not even freaking cheering for the Canucks anymore, and I will call foul. Because that is insane that some teams get a and some don't. Well, what some people in Vancouver
0: are complaining about is that with Kovalchuk, um, the league basically said to them, uh, or like with the Kovalchuk situation, they're like, you get a penalty. uh, New Jersey will get a penalty and then we're going to enforce it the whole way. And then, like, all of a sudden the league was like, oh, well, New Jersey's faced enough punishment, so we're just going to, you know, not enforce their penalty anymore. So people in Vancouver are like, hold on. yeah, Why did we have to face the entirety of the recapture when you let New Jersey off the uh-huh. hook?
2: And, and I'm sorry... The Islanders are still paying Rick DiPietro actual money, but they but don't a have a cap recapture penalty. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was. Yeah, it's it's been a few years since that. Obviously, DiPietro hasn't been around for quite a while. Um, I mean, good on the guy. You know, he's getting paid ten years after retiring. I mean, good for him. But, um, yeah. No, I just I don't think that Nashville should be penalized twenty three million dollars or whatever the cap hit would have been for the last year of the deal. But they can, you know, find a happy medium and just be like, okay, you know what, you're going to get penalized a percentage of what the cap would have been just to basically give an, a fair playing field. You can't give some teams a get-out-of-jail-free card.
0: Well, uh, Liz, do you have any uh, final thoughts on uh, Weber as a player or in the
2: potentially having or...
1: Potentially having to retire? Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks for him. I think that's the biggest part for me that I feel bad about. Um, as far as the teams in the league go, you know, that's going to be a mess. We always know it's going to be a mess. <laughs> like, there's not a whole lot more to elaborate yeah. on that. But for him as a player, especially if he, you know, was planning on sticking around, um, it sucks. It's It's rough on him. I mean, he hasn't been playing to the peak of his potential, but at the same time, like, he is one of those more val- valuable guys that you can have around. He's one of those guys that you kind of want, especially if you're restructuring for a younger team. Like not you don't necessarily want him hundred percent playing all the time, but he's kind of I, like, I hope he sticks around to do something.
2: the thing The thing that sticks out with me for Weber is just how he kind of broke the mold because the average offensive defenseman, is not physical. I mean, you look at some of the guys like you know Drew Doughty or Eric Carlson or you know the newer guys like Quinn Hughes and stuff like that. The off Kale McCarr, the offensive D men, aren't going to be laying out big hits. But Weber was able to do both. He was able to put up good numbers, mostly because of an absolute rocket of a slap shot. But he was one of the hardest hitters in the league. He was able to be solid in his own end and have a good stick and break up plays. Like He was an all-around defenseman that was good enough to be in Norris conversations every year, basically, yeah. during the peak of his career. And just having a guy that could shut guys down in like a matchup role, could lay out enormous hits, could put up 70 points a year as a D-man during his peak, you know? Maybe not seventy, but you know what I mean. Like, it's it's impressive, and he kind of broke the mold for for quite a few years as to what people were looking for when they were looking for a D man. Like, I would not doubt it if you know some of the scouts were looking at players and being like, "Oh, this guy is like a Shea Weber type defenseman." And when you have scouts using your name as like a verb to describe how you play, that's a pretty it's it's a compliment and I think he should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame.
0: Now, staying on Montreal in the WHL, if Weber can't continue, uh, and he has to retire earlier, he's put on long-term, whatever weird caps situation Montreal's going to pull, does a for- another former WHLer in uh, Brendan Gallagher get the C in Montreal? Oh,
2: well, Maybe.
0: I
1: mean...
2: You, know, you don't think so?
1: I think the fans are here for it. I don't think the players would hate it. I just don't see Montreal doing it yet.
2: I'm just trying to figure out like. Who else they'd give it to? I don't think they're going to give it to Denoe if if he stays in Montreal, which it sounds like he probably will. Well, the um, answer
0: is that they might give it to
2: Suzuki. That's he's too too young.
0: Gabriel Landeskog was 19 when he was named the captain of Colorado.
2: But it was unheard of. I mean, besides the Crosby's and the, you know, more of the world yeah that was like
0: 23 22 suzuki's coming up to that age
2: but the thing is horvat was known for his leadership at a young age i don't know if suzuki's Suzuki's that guy rumors of him
1: being a a locker in cancer for a while i don't think they're they're all valid but i mean if you even have rumors of that you're not necessarily the guy that teams want
2: it's pretty much a prototype that like you want to be the guy that leads by example and I mean, watching Gallagher get his head smashed into the ice and dripping blood all down his face, and he didn't go bitching and moaning to the refs. He kind of was just like, cool, skated off, did his thing. He has kind of a quiet confidence and he's got that grit and that fire that you know, I, I could see it. But I'm not I'm for a couple thinking of
1: y- that they're gonna do it for a couple years. Now like I just don't see it right now. But I could be completely
2: Yeah.
0: Resign Corey Perry to a three-year deal and name him the captain. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Koken going to get it. Caulfield, not a chance right now. Uh, honestly, you know what? He's well-liked in the locker room. Give it to DeFoli. Mm-hmm. Apparently, every every locker room he's been in, everyone says he's a great guy and he's a good leader. And, like, he came to Montreal and kind of, you know lit it up and everyone seemed to be all fired up whenever he'd score and it just he he kinda had that quiet leadership role without even yep. an A on his chest. I I would say if I'm Mark Bergevin right now with the team that they have on paper today, it's a toss up between Gallagher and Tefoli for me. Maybe Petrie. The devil. Uh, yeah.
0: As people call him because of his eyes during the playoffs.
2: Did you hear how that happened?
0: Yeah, he, they, they punctured something and.
2: No, no, he, right? uh, he, when he jammed his finger in the camera uh, operators, like, you know, the, the photographers yeah. at the rink, they've got the hole in the glass while he was skating past the glass. He put his hand up and he jammed his finger in there and like dislocated his finger and broke it or something. And it got all messed up. They had to re-break it and, like, reset it in order to actually put a pin in it and stuff. Like, when you break a bone, sometimes they have to re-break it to set it properly. I guess they had to, like, dislocate it and re-break it or something. And while they did that, he passed out. And I guess the, the intensity of the pain from them doing that, he woke up and his eyes, the blood vessels in his eyes had burst. Like hockey players are tough as shit. Like
0: Okay, well, let's not talk about that anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Like he literally had his finger rebroken and woke up with his eyes bloodshot. Like ugh. I felt so for those that did not know, I don't know if Adam mentioned it. I had to break into my room to actually get on the podcast today. My spare room, the doorknob decided to say screw you, I'm not letting you in and it locked itself. So I had to take a drill and a drill bit and drill out my doorknob and get a pair of vice grips and manually open the door and my doorknob is screwed. I was so angry, I'm kind of surprised that my blood vessels actually didn't pop in my eyeballs, but so far, so good. Anywho, we can can move on.
0: Okay, so um, sticking on Montreal, you know, now they have all of this cap space and you know what, the first thing that People were throwing out there. Dougie Hamilton is, yeah. you know, is Montreal is a sophisticated city. Dougie Hamilton is a sophisticated uh, person. So uh, Montreal has he, museums. Yes, they have museums. So maybe Bergeron Bergeron pulls off something where he gets Hamilton this off season. You know, the Minnesota situation where Ryan Suter and Zach Parise are now free agents. I think yeah. that Parise is somehow going to end up on the Islanders, but that's just me. But who knows, Suter might be an option. So they do have available cap, and they do have options to replace Weber in a way. Uh, or they could just go with the, you know, $4 million at, or $3.5 million for two defensemen each. So there are if, options to replace him in a way.
2: If Weber goes on LTIR, they're freeing up a lot of space, and they could definitely take a run at Dougie. Yeah, 100 percent. I don't know if they're that's in their plans, because I mean, if Weber was to come back, then that might handcuff them a little bit. But um, with with Hamilton going to UFA, if he actually does, which it kind of seems like he's going to, um, it's it's a wild card as to where he could go. I can't really nail it down. He's he's going to get paid and there's going to be a lot of teams that know what he can bring. And it's just it's going to turn into an ugly bidding war. And I think whoever gets him is going to pay more than he's worth a couple years from now. He's going to get like a five year deal worth like something stupid, like eight or nine mil a year. And in a couple years, like two years, teams will love it. And then he's going to end up as one of those guys that at the tail end of his contract, they're like, why did we sign this? Kind of like those
0: long-term contracts now in the NHL.
2: Yep. Yep. Anything over 7 mil and four years, at some point you're probably going to regret it. So one team that might be interested in
0: Dougie Hamilton, you know, is Seattle. The expansion draft is less than a week away. Now, uh, I know uh, there's a lot of people talking about how there might be some trades in the next couple days, buyouts. We already saw Victor Arvidsson go to LA. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the Kraken and their first head coach and Dave Haxtell.
2: I mean, I didn't get to see a lot of uh, Haxtell when he was in Philly. I know that when Jess heard the news, she was disappointed because I guess she was not a fan of Haxtell in Philly. Um, She said that while he was there, he had a tendency to not want to play the young players. Um, And I said, that's not that bad of a a deal because realistically I think Seattle is going to end up with a team a lot like Vegas where they're going to be built of a lot of second and third liners and guys that might've been around the league for a while. I don't think they're coming in with a ton of rookies right off the bat that are going to be, you know, knocking on the door. So you're going to get a, you know, quote unquote veteran team. I mean, you're not getting a lot of first liners through the expansion draft, but if you look at Vegas, a lot of GMs screwed up by paying them to take pretty decent players, the William Carlson's of the world and, you know, the Marchessos and, you know, Riley Smith's and obviously Dale Talon is out to lunch on that. We've covered that to death. Um, but if you're getting a somewhat veteran squad, maybe a guy like Dave Haxel is not that bad. and he's got results his records are not terrible he's done a lot of work on the international stage and i looked at his record and some of his achievements and i said it's not the person i probably would have picked but not knowing a lot about him from following him in his philadelphia days i think they could have done worse so yeah we'll see Jess, Jess would have been better on this. She had a very passionate um, yeah. dislike for Dave Haxtell. Yeah, yeah I'm but, sure
1: uh, we'll discuss it more with her as time goes on.
2: Yeah, she's got pressing is issues the, to deal with with the kitty cat. And this I
1: isn't a subject to go away very quickly. Like this is still going to be. Yeah. A, discussion for a yeah,
2: while he's he's going to be their coach for a guarantee i mean they're they're not gonna get rid of their first head coach halfway through the year he'll last at least one full season regardless of their record so we can get into that more later um but and then you...
1: totally, they they're, they're um what's that <laughs> i was trying to say something funny but then words are not working with me today oh
2: so you're having a day like the rest of us it seems like it's just chaos today um going back to Adam's point though like no team in the league like cap space if you are a competent GM <clears throat> Jim Benning um you should you know learn how this process works you can weaponize cap space to make your team better you can do a quick rebuild if you've got cap space to weaponize and hoard picks and you know take short-term bad deals to recoup assets and not a single team in the league is in even remotely the same position as the kraken when it comes to cap space these guys if they really wanted to make a splash they can go out and offer freaking double dougie hamilton 10 million a year and they will outbid anyone in the league by a mill or two easy and they can still build their roster and probably still stay under the cap so when it comes to ufas this year seattle can 100 percent make a big splash and dougie is probably the number one he's definitely the number one d-man available and he might actually end up being the number one ufa available i mean obviously i think o- Ovi's up for a contract this year i don't think he's leaving um did i see is it this year or next year that malkin's up
0: Next year, Malkin is up, and then in yeah. two years, Patrick Kane is up.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say that Dougie Hamilton is probably the big fish in the pond this year, and I don't think anyone's going to be able to outbid Seattle. So, if they want to build from the back end out, damn fine place to start. Well,
0: the the trading is interesting, uh, especially when it comes to the Canucks, because I, I wrote about this. You know, they right now they're exposing not good players. So, one of the players, you know, if they can go to like the Islanders and try to get a guy like Anthony Beauvillier, who's going to command three million, maybe upwards of three million, and they have protection issues and they have cap issues, you know, you can bring in this is the opportunity for teams that have those positions, like a Detroit, like a Vancouver, who don't have strong rosters and have. Spaces available to really make moves, so that the these teams like the Islanders, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who might lose a guy like Kerfoot, like Washington, yep. who will who probably will lose a good young goaltender. Like these teams, there are opportunities around the league for these teams that don't have the best roster to really help themselves out and use those protection spots, like with Arvidsson to LA.
2: You're. Um, you're looking at a situation too, where like this, obviously, you know, Vegas just came in. So getting two expansion teams in the span of three, four years is, is rare. But like, if you go past Vegas, when was the last time there was an expansion draft? Like it's gotta be 15, 20 years. Like what was the last? I think it was Nashville, wasn't it Nashville? And I think Columbus might've came in around that time. So like you're, The opportunity to take advantage of teams that find themselves in a position where they're like, they're going to have to expose someone that they could have gotten something great for. They don't want to lose them, but you have a choice on your hands. You lose them for nothing, or you trade them and get some assets, and then expose a lesser player. So when you're in a position like Vancouver, I mean, you know, I'm no Jimbo fan, but they've put themselves into a position where they've got a little bit of cap space, not a ton, But they're not exposing anyone great. They could recoup some assets, restock the cupboard a bit, and take advantage of some of these teams that are in a bad situation. And I really hope that they have the wherewithal to actually see that and pull the trigger because an example that comes to mind for me is, like, they need to expose Tyler Myers. Seattle's not going to take that contract. They'll be able to protect another younger player by exposing Myers, and he's basically got a protection slot with that contract. So why expose someone that you don't want to lose when, if even if Seattle does take Myers, you're losing a $6 million a year contract for a guy who's a, at best, second-pairing defenseman, at best. Like, it's it's a situation that teams really need to find a way to take advantage of, and I've heard the term, you know, being aggressive, floating around with the Canucks this year, and it, it it intrigues me and scares the hell out of me at the same time.
0: So, um, let's, you know, the let's talk a little bit about the expansion draft here. So I have right now in front of me the Athletic. They did their recent expansion draft um, that came out on the thirteenth. And they have a couple WHL players on their list. And uh, Liz, why don't we start... Well, we'll touch on a couple, but why don't we start with the first one in Aiden Hill. So what do you think about uh, Aiden Hill leaving the desert and uh, moving to uh, the Emerald City? Potentially in the expansion draft.
1: Literally do it. Yeah, I'm tired of him sitting behind Kemper and whatever. Huh? Ranta? Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of him sitting behind them and only getting opportunities when they're injured, which is all the freaking time. So at this point, just make pill your starter because, the other two the backups because they're injured every five seconds anyway. Yep. Give him the opportunity. He's proven he can do it. He had a fantastic run. Let him have it. If not, send him to Seattle. Let him have his opportunity.
2: Yep. I, I think it's like every expansion draft, uh, mock draft I've seen has them taking Aiden Hill from Arizona. I haven't looked at Arizona's um, expansion list, but I have a feeling that like it, it's basically a given that that's going to be coming.
0: Yeah, it's it's Aiden Hill or Aiden Hill. Those are the options yeah. out of Arizona. Like we said, we don't know what the actual expansion drafts, rosters are. You know, this list is now kind of irrelevant because Minnesota, they have Minnesota giving him Matthew Dumba, and that's not going to happen anymore because anymore. Ryan shooter and Zach Parise got bought out, but that would have been an interesting case. Um, there's uh well uh from Carolina, they have Jake Bean. Now, a lot of players, a lot of people are excited about Jake Bean, former uh Calgary Hitman. Um, that could be an interesting pick because Carolina is a team that might trade a guy like Warren Fogle or a guy like Jake Bean so that they don't lose him for lose them for nothing.
1: Necessa- Jake Bean's one of those guys I don't necessarily want to see go to Seattle. I think that Carolina likes him, Carolina's fans like him. He has opportunity there. I think it would be interesting. Preference wise, I would prefer he stay in Carolina. But I mean it's it's not like it's a bad a bad move if they take him.
0: And it's very possible that, you know, Seattle says to Carolina, give us a second-round pick, and we won't pick Jake Bean. You know, they they could do that with Arizona, where they say, give us a second or a third-round pick, and we will stay away from Aiden Hill. So those those type of trades are possible as well.
1: It's possible. I don't see them making that type of deal. I feel like Seattle probably wants Aiden Hill, and they're not going to be like, yeah, just give me something, and I just won't take him.
2: Yeah. And you know what? Every mock draft I've seen for the Kraken... um just the way that the uh, expansion rules have been set up this year, they're going to be set up on the back end. They they really, they really have a lot of really solid options at D, and they can be picky, I think, and they can really pick who they want. Um, Jake Bean, I don't think, is a bad pick, um, but there's going to be some really good options. And, you know, like I said, if they take a run at Hamilton, there's their number one D locked in. And there are a lot of good guys. Uh, You know, Mark Giordano is a potential exposure by Calgary. Um, uh, Where am I? I'm looking here. There's Jeremy Lozon by the Bruins. You know, like Hayden Flurry. Vince Dunn is
0: playing Lewis.
2: Vince Dunn, Hayden Flurry from Anaheim. Like they, They are guys like Jake Bean that are kind of the... Somewhat highly touted, you know, first to third round picks that haven't really been given the opportunity. They've got a ton of them to pick from. So it's going to be up to Seattle's coaching staff and their scouts to see what they really like. Um, I don't think you'd be wrong to pick Jake Bean. I think that's a that's a great chance to let him play a little bit. I mean, obviously in Carolina, he's he's in a defenseman factory and he has not been given the chance to you know play 20 minutes a night who knows he might take that ball and run with it
0: yeah there are a couple um uh WHLers definitely on this list Kale Clegg out of LA who's a solid defensive prospect Tyler Benson former uh captain of the Giants the Vancouver Giants who just hasn't just hasn't gotten his opportunity yet with. Uh, uh, the Oilers. You also have a guy, you know, there's a lot of talk about Brayden Holpe. This draft has them taking you on a Gadovich, but uh, listening to some of the reports out of Vancouver today, Brayden Holpe might be an option, but I want to yep. save the last player that we're going to talk about for Liz, and that is that this list has Kiefer Bellows leaving the New York Islanders and uh, going to Seattle. Now, Liz, I've we... have seen really- that too. We know that you're a big uh, Kiefer Beller- Bellows fan, so uh, what what do you have to say about uh, him leaving the Islanders?
1: I mean, that's another one. Do it. Um, I mean, we already know how Jess and I both feel about the Islanders as it is. Um, so you know what, get a- get him out of there. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, you know what, send him as a package deal. Just tell him, hey, if you take Kiefer Bellows, we'll also give you Reese Newkirk. I'm not a fa- I'm not against that. Um, That's not going to happen. But as far as like Kiefer Bellows by himself, um, I like it. I support that 100%. I think the Islanders are also trying to get a little bit, you know, I mean, he didn't get too much heat for the uh, positive substance, uh, the performance enhancing substance uh, suspension. He didn't get too much heat for that. Uh, but I do think, as far as, like, Islanders fans go, it's kind of one of those, let's let's send him. It's fine. Um, I yeah. think that he's kind of been wasted in Bridgeport, as it is. So getting him on a team that could actually use him in the NHL consistently is going to just be great for his own development, but also in general for, you know, getting another guy on the team, on the roster for seattle who can contribute
2: no i was just gonna say i'm looking at another mock draft here and from the islanders a name that they said that i never really put two and two together is a guy like sebastian aho obviously not the carolina sniper the defenseman from the islanders um but again that that kind of falls under that jake bean hayden flurry you know like aho is a little bit more of a consistent nhl defenseman but they've got so many options on d they may end up going like we don't need twelve middle of the road D. So maybe a guy like Kiefer Bellows makes more sense from the Islanders. You know, it's funny
0: that you bring up the uh, the substance because I don't know if people will remember this, but Nate Schmidt when he was with Vegas got suspended.
1: We do like... remember. People do remember this. They just choose not to talk about this because it was the most pointless. The most pointless suspension. Um, especially when you lessen a Tom Wilson suspension of the same amount for an actual issue where he could um, have killed somebody. When Nate Schmidt appeals, you're like, nah, we're gonna enforce that. Like, no, we choose not to talk about that. People remember.
0: Wasn't it like point? Like it was was, like you couldn't even measure it basically, like
1: like literally if you take like a spoonful of water in a in a like olympic sized swimming pool that's basically the the amount that they found in his system
2: yeah and i believe he said it was something like his personal trainer was trying to do like it was literally like a supplement that was not a it wasn't designed to make you any stronger or anything it was something for like healing purposes so your muscles heal a little quicker or something. It was, it was something like super minor that was not exactly performance enhancing and it was the tiniest little amount and just right away they just were jumped on it and it's it's ridiculous. I mean yeah, I the other one that so real quick just to jump a little bit. Um I'm seeing this name pop up and obviously being um Liz's team I don't know if they would pull the trigger or not. Nashville would obviously have to provide an asset to get them to take that contract. But what do you think about um, Nashville convincing Seattle to take Ryan Johansson?
1: I'm okay with that too. Yeah, um, I do like I do like Ryan Johansson in Nashville. I know he loves it there, um, but you know what? He's another guy where bring some stability to the team. He's not an all-star player. He's not one of the biggest names that they're going to get, but he's going to be that consistent guy for them night after night if they do it. So, you know, I I support it. Well, that's
0: also the question about uh, Nashville, because, you know, it came out today that um, Matt Duchesne um, is going to be available. They're not going to protect him. So do you take Matt Duchesne or do you take Ryan Johansson? But being a WHL podcast... We're, we'll jump on the Ryan Johansson tr- uh, train here yep. uh, played in Portland if i remember right so and uh Jess I, or Liz i remember wrote a story about potential uh players to go to Seattle and Ryan Johansson was definitely on the list
1: he was and i am still saying i support that like i'm i haven't changed my stance on the majority of the guys that i had listed before The the one,
2: so I'm just looking up like Seattle mock expansion draft. And there are some names here that, you know, there could be a case made for this decision. And it's just extremely like intriguing to me because of the Seattle's cap situation. They need to hit the floor. So they're going to have to take on some, some big contracts regardless. Um, A name that's kind of standing out is like a guy like PK Subban in New Jersey. He's a, t- a high top money player that is kind of on the tail end of his career, but is still a big name. He's a good dressing room guy. Like, do you think the Kraken take a swing on a guy like Subban? Like- no,
0: because he signed a deal with ESPN to, to do, uh, to be like, to help him out next year. Uh, so I think that also Subban is injured. So I think that there might be something here. Like, That he has an injury that's significant enough that it might force him to retire, and that's why he's moved over, or that he's just going to retire or something. Because you don't, you active players don't just sign contracts with major networks to become analysts. Like, yeah, I
2: I didn't know that. So that's that's huge. Yeah,
0: I I I I believe I'm remembering the story right, but yeah, he because he was he was talking yes he was on ESPN this. Year, uh, yeah, they they hired him for the playoff coverage this year, yeah. But I don't know if there's something off about this Subban situation where I don't know if he's going to if there's an injury there, if if he wants to transition away from playing. So the Subban one is is definitely up in the air. But if you're if you're the Kraken, you know they have the Athletic has them taking Nick Merkley. Yeah, so, yep. and that, that'd be a great deal, I think. Yeah, and they have the Flyers taking Jam- James Van Riemsdyk, Ottawa. They have Evgeny Dadanov going from Ottawa. They have uh, Alex Kerfoot going from Toronto. So there are some big money yep. contracts. They also have Drew Rand, who's $5.5 uh, million, which I, I think that he's going to end up in um, Seattle because he there's something going on there with Montreal. And I think that his... He he just can't play there anymore.
2: I, much- I really, I really think that like if if I'm Seattle and I look at that contract and I look at Duran's uh, tenure with the Canadians, I'm asking for them to pay up to take Duran's deal. So if you're the Kraken, you could recoup a couple assets um, and potentially get a guy who's a solid second line winger if he can put all of the pieces together, I mean, he's shown flashes, but just with the deal, like the contract that he has with the pressure in Montreal and the hometown team. And I think it could be a great fit for the Kraken to actually take a swing and say, you know what, throw us a second or third round pick. We'll take Duran off your hands. And they've got a built in second line winger.
0: So let's uh, wrap up. You know, we've talked to Seattle, we've talked Weber, we've talked uh, a lot tonight. But why don't we wrap it up with uh, some Jersey news because Portland rebranded completely which makes a lot of sense because uh, they were copying the Chicago Blackhawks uniforms.
2: Uh, Technically I got informed by Jess that the Blackhawks were copying the Winterhawks. So so that... Somehow, Somehow.
1: It wasn't even technically that they were copying. It's literally that the Blackhawks organization, before they were a professional NHL team, were in the Pacific Northwest area. The owner of the Portland Winterhawks, when he was starting the franchise, uh, was friends with the guy who owned the Chico- the, the what became the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, in order to save a little bit of money, he used some old Blackhawks jerseys, which basically, you know, automatically made the Blackhawks logo, the Winterhawks logo. So they were literally the same exact jerseys. It wasn't necessarily one team copying the other. It was just a matter of, hey, this is going to save some money. Let's recycle. You know, at that point, everyone I mean, technically, even now, everyone still loves those jerseys somehow. Um, That logo everyone was in love with. So, you know, it just worked out. It was recognizable. People knew it. So it, it worked out that way. Um, however, it, it's been time for a while for the Winterhawks to have their own identity. Um, and I, I know Jess has brought this up in the chat a few times, but like going out in public in Winterhawks gear and having people at like NHL games being like, oh man, I love your Blackhawks jersey or sitting there being like, why are you wearing a Blackhawks jersey? And you're just like, I'm not, that's not what's going on here. Um the rebrand, the new logos, the new look, it, it's going to change all of that. It's incredible. They did a really good job. Um, yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's time for them. And also, like, if you look about it, you look at it, like, so the Blackhawks themselves have had a little bit of scrutiny because obviously, you know, everything that's been coming down with, you know, the racism angle and, you know, the Washington Redskins have their name changed. and. It's it's hit that that wall now, but the Blackhawks have been kind of immune to it because of the fact that it's literally named after an actual tribe, and it was given the green light by said tribe, and it's literally uh, a tribute to an actual person. There were there was a chief Black Hawk, and that kind of makes more sense when your team name is the Blackhawks. When it's the Winterhawks, it's like okay, there was no chief Winterhawk, so
1: mm-hmm.
2: it. It always seemed weird to me. I can get on board with Chicago getting the pass because it's a tribute, literally, to the guy's name. They've mm-hmm. given permission from the family, but when it's Winterhawks, I it seemed like I, I never knew the the team history, but it almost seemed like a lazy like Winterhawk Blackhawk. It's close. Let's just use their jersey.
1: Well, and then when you think about it, so the original name of the team it was Winterhawks. There was a space in between. Yeah. So instead of it being like a one word, like we're trying to use this as a similar to a black Hawk type thing, it was two separate words. You were talking about a winter hawk. Yep. So when you think about it, like it changed because I know the name change was recent. Um, I, I was kind of hoping they'd put the space back in. Yeah. Selfishly. Um, I, I think it looks cleaner without the space, but I think for the sake of identity, it works better with it yep Uh, but also i don't necessarily want to type two words every time i try and talk about the team
0: (laughs) and you know it was a huge event they had guys like uh cody glass showing up to uh debut the new look but it is actually a you know hawk so the team name matches the
2: logo now
0: which is
1: it is a red tail too so i mean i i kind of think that's even better it's just really cute is Um, is the
2: red tail hawk native to portland
1: I'm not native to Portland, so...
2: Good call, good call. I, I think it might I think it might be, like, just some of the details they put in there, like, having, was it Mount Hood, I believe, is one of the popular local mountain ranges, so they had that on the new crest. Um, they hid a W and an H in the mountain range for Winterhawks, like, little things like that. I when, when, about
1: that. I see two Ws, so it looks like it thank says you. W.
2: Thank you! I saw it, too, and I'm like they pointed
1: did, out I yeah i did see the H, WH, but when i first looked at it i saw the w w and then the h and went yeah what
2: i i saw the press release and i saw them point out where the first w was like the the w that they said is the w i was like i didn't see that one i saw the one to the left so yeah. maybe that was a, a failed attempt at that their uh marketing well, department but
1: that was make more sense if they had the space back because then you have the two separate words for winter and hawks. Yeah. Rather yeah, than. So,
2: so anyone, have anyone listening, is- go look up the new Portland's Winter Hawks logo and see if you see two W's because me and Liz see two W's. And. There, uh,
1: like, you, yeah. you can't argue that. Yeah, they, there, there's two. Would have been interesting if they would have incorporated the P, so it would have said like PHW. Or PWH?
2: I don't even know. Whoa! PH, what does that even mean?
1: PWH.
2: Yeah, that would have been good. And, you know, if you look at that mountain range, I'm sure at some point in there you might be able to fabricate and be like, hey, I think I see a P. It's, I it's, uh, I think it looked a little weird at first, but the longer I looked at it, the more I liked it. And there's some hidden little features in there. I think they had an opportunity to maybe change the jersey scheme up a little bit with it. And they chose not to. They basically just went with the same jersey combo they've had. And it seemed, jersey-wise, it seemed a little underwhelming. But the logo is slick and I'm definitely on board with it.
1: I do specifically prefer the logo on the black jersey concept. Yeah, I don't necessarily love it mm-hmm. on the white and red. I think in person I'll feel a little bit different, but I think that the red outline on the black jersey just looks so nice. I'm,
2: um, I'm, I'm on board with the black 100%. The red is the one that kind of washes out for me. I'm not a fan. I don't mind yeah. it on the white. The, it, I looked at it for a bit. The white, it kind of, it blends in, but at the same time it pops and I can get on board with the white. Black is my favorite. Red, I think is, it needs to go.
1: I'd be perfectly okay with it being like the black jersey as the home jersey or like you know whl switches halfway through so there's not really a home in a way officially but i'd be okay with like the black jersey being the main
2: yeah
1: and then the white jersey the and red, then red can like just red. be an alternate I, I don't even necessarily need it as an alternate but like if you want to use a, a funky edition of it for like special yeah special nights and just use it as a red base with whatever you're doing. Yep. Sure. Like Vegas and
2: their them weird them. red ones.
1: Hey, I like those better than the gold ones.
2: As long as you're not wearing the gold helmets, I don't care. Yeah. Um. So, quick side note, before we transition, I know Adam's going to want to talk about the new Giants threads, and don't get me wrong, uh, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more. I, I think they're fairly slick. Just a quick two-minute blurb about how lazy the Vancouver Canucks were with their farm team. They they delayed their press release and made everyone wait and the anticipation built and everyone's like, okay, this better be good. They named their farm team the Canucks, which was lazy enough, and they chose a logo. I, I don't mind the Johnny Canuck logo, but they chose a logo and a color scheme that has been part of the Vancouver Canucks franchise in the past. And... They came out with a fashion jersey a few years ago that was green base with the Johnny Canuck logo. And it is 90% of what this Abbotsford team's new logo is, or new jersey is. They just added a white stripe with an A on the sleeves, like the uh, original Vancouver Canucks logo had the V on the sleeves. It... It literally looked like they took this fashion jersey from four or five years ago with the Johnny Canuck logo. They threw an A in white on the sleeve and said, cool, give that to them. That'll shut them up. My take on it, I'm very... I I was very underwhelmed and I looked at it. The logo itself seems like it's like practically on the collarbone. It, It looked awkward to me. It might be the fact that Jim Benning has got a for lack of a better term a shitlocker on him that pushed the crest all the way up to his neck and it just looked weird but when you have a crest that's sitting between your collarbone and your belly button it just did not look right um it seemed lazy and the fact they had to delay the announcement i really think that what happened i mentioned this in our group chat I really think that their original thought process with the Abbotsford team was to go with a more simplified Johnny Canuck head logo, kind of like the Vancouver logo with the Johnny head. It's, it's it's the V with the Johnny Canuck head. I think they maybe wanted to do something like that, and then they saw the Giants' New Jersey leaked, and they said, we cannot have something that close in the same city. We have to come up with a new idea. And then last minute, they're like, Screw it, let's just use Johnny Canuck, the full skating one, and because the Giants beat us to this simplified logo. I heard it was something to do with a family member that got sick from... that was going to... a member of the press conference, a member of their family got sick. They didn't even do a press conference. They did a photo shoot and a 10-second... It was a 10-second Instagram post and a photo op with Aquilini, uh, Benning, and... I don't even know who the other guy was, but it was a photo op and a 10 second Instagram post. So if you're not doing a press conference, so the whole delay, that story that they came up with doesn't seem to hold a lot of weight. And to me, it almost seems like maybe they had a simplified look, the giants stole it and they went crap. We need to come up with something new.
0: So I'll jump in here a little bit with, uh, cause there is a tie in between the uh, giants and, and the Abbotsford Canucks. <laughs> So, last night, before the announcement of the Abbotsford Canucks, the Giants released this brand new jersey, which is one of the nicest looking jerseys in the WHL, in my opinion. I know some people think it looks like the Calgary Hitman jersey, but it It looks
2: looks exactly like the Hitman jersey.
0: You got the gold, you got (laughs) the red, you got the black. I'm still waiting on confirmation on what color the numbers are. Because if they're gold, that would just make it even better. But it's pretty slick. It is
2: slick. Yeah. So I don't like the is... thick. The thick collar is weird, though. the The red collar is like two inches thick. It looks well, they weird. also
0: have the um the the skate laces on the, on there. Well, every
2: the I'm top. in my opinion, yeah. every jersey should have the laces. So,
0: I'll I'll jump in here about the connection between Abbotsford, and I've been hearing this a lot and reading it a lot today. That this jersey. I don't think was supposed to come out yet. The Giants jersey, because there was no press release coming out. There was no information to us that it was going to come out. They own, like, yeah, they did the photo shoot, but we don't know the back. It's not on the website. So what I think happened is that the Giants got word that the Vancouver Canucks were going to be using the Johnny Canuck logo, which is similar to the Giants logo, but not exactly. They're both lumberjacks. So I believe, and there are other people who believe this as well, that the Giants did put this out um, before because of the fact that the Canucks were going to use the lumberjack out there. So, uh, you know, they, they, they have their moment to really show off these jerseys and get people excited before the Canucks announce it. The timing is perfect from a marketing perspective because... Now it doesn't matter if the jerseys are released two months from now because people are excited for it. You're gonna get people constantly asking, when can I buy this jersey? You know, I'm trying to figure out when I can, you know, look at one or even just see the back of it because I really want to see what the numbers look like. I think that this is a home run for the marketing department for the Giants. Uh and they're gonna face some they're gonna face some trouble this year for sure. You know, Abbotsford is the new uh, party in town. There's going to be competition for the in the Fraser Valley for the first time in a long time with the Giants. And I know the BCHL is there, but the Giants do draw more than the BCHL um, in a given year. But the fact that you have a Canuck farm team in its first year, well, less than 45 minutes, an hour from where the Giants are playing, what is that going to look like? Uh, for attendance for the Giants, so they need to do something, and this was perfect for them to do. They had Justin Sortif, who was the BC Division MVP this year, model it. It just it the from a marketing perspective, they did everything right here. But I do think that it was that they got word that Johnny Canuck was going to be used, and they wanted to get their jersey out a day before um, yeah. the Abbotsford team did. But uh, when these jerseys do become available. I would suggest buying them, you know. There, there are some of the nicer looking uh, WHL jerseys for sure, and I mean, the Giants just I, hit a home run.
2: I'm I'm partial to the to the Lionhead Royals jersey. It's pretty slick. It doesn't look like the Hitman jersey, but no. On honestly, like looking at the the new Giants jersey, I uh, it if the Hitman jersey didn't exist, I would say it was a complete home run. It does kind of seem like a little bit of a piggyback off of the Hitmen's color scheme and the idea behind the simplified head logo in the middle. It's it's very similar. I think if their logic was to beat the Abbotsford Canucks to the punch and come out with a simplified, cleaner look, and if that's going to be their direct competition as an AHL team, like you said, half hour, 45 minutes away... It was a slam dunk for them to come out with this last minute, you know, up the ante a little bit. And it clearly caused the Abbotsford team to kind of stumble and go, crap, what do we do? And now the majority of people online, I think, are kind of pointing at this Abbotsford team and laughing, going like, really, that's what you stalled for? Like, it seems kind of pathetic. And maybe the Giants gained some momentum in the market. Just, just strictly off a of visual point of view
1: yeah i I feel like I have a very different point of view from you guys, but it's more from a standpoint of this is kind of a slap in the face both to and and honestly to Portland uh, because like both teams had announced that they're revealing logos and they're revealing new things on the day and then to have the Giants the Giants literally just come out and be like haha beat to it yeah. Like, kind of took that moment from two teams that, well, one, both use that push and use that moment of, hey, look, I mean, honestly, I, d- I don't know why Portland and Abbotsford had to do it on the same day in general. But well, then to have.
2: To be fair, Abbotsford was supposed to do it a week ago.
1: Yeah. But then to have Giants come out and, like, you know, I get it from their own point of view. It's yep. a good thing for them but I think from like trying to build the sport I was kind of pissed I was like really you know that this is going to happen tomorrow and now you're going to I'm going to be completely honest from the first looks because I haven't seen jersey on a player yet I've seen the logo on things but I haven't seen the jerseys I've seen the concepts just not you know the actual product yeah I'm sitting there going, yeah, the Giants jerseys look better. Giants jerseys are beautiful. Yes, they are very, very similar to what we've already seen, but they still look good. It's kind of a slap in the face, personally, where I'm sitting there like, well, now people are going to be more excited. Granted, specifically over the jersey overall, because it's a rebrand for Portland, not just a jersey concept, it did get the bigger push. But the fact that you really go in the night before both of these big reveals, you had to go and, like, kind of steal the thunder from that.
2: For sure. And especially when Portland has had that conversation about rebranding for years now because of the, the backlash and how they said it needs to happen. And it's been, you know, they've talked about it for probably over five, six, seven years now. It's been kind of in the background. So... To, for them to finally have their moment and then I think that competition between the Giants and the Abbotsford Canucks kind of, they were trying to beat each other to the punch and in like, Portland was collateral damage I think. I don't think it was directed at Portland it was, they were trying to compete with each other, just so happened that Portland was doing their complete rebrand the same day and it was like, oh we're really sorry we screwed you but we were trying to screw them not you. Um.
1: understand that but i think from like a hey we're both whl teams we're both kind of struggling right now because portland yes they're still in the pacific northwest so they will get a little bit of a bump from the kraken just like you know the giants are going to get a little bit of a bump having you know even more hockey it's going to be more affordable people are probably going to want to come see the kids who are drafted into that team I, i think it's kind of it's one of those there's four other teams in Washington, whereas Portland's kind of on the outskirts where yeah. they're going to get a little bit of a bump, but it's not going to be the same as all these other teams were getting, you know, such a massive amount of more eyes on them.
2: Um, well, so I, had a, I had a quick question for Adam, too. Like, I don't know if you know or not, that new Giants jersey, is that their new jersey or is that a third? Uh, it's an alternate. Okay. So, see, Port, Portland did a full rebrand. Um. Yeah. So this is this is a Giants alternate. Um, I, in my opinion, I really think the Abbotsford Canucks kind of fell flat on their face with their attempt at their branding. Um, I, I think the day the day still belongs to me, to Portland, because of the the timeline of them talking about doing this rebrand, the fact that it's a full rebrand from the ground up, it's removing an iconic jersey from the whl that's been there for 40 years 45 years it's it was big news for portland to pull the trigger here um obviously like I, i'm a fan of the the giants new jersey mm. it's, it's going to be unfortunate because like if the hitmen were in the eastern division then it might be a little different but when the hitmen are playing the giants Obviously, the Giants. There's probably no way they're wearing those jerseys because they're just too close. And yes, there will be one black, one white. But I don't think the Giants are wearing those thirds when they play the Hitman because it's too close. Um, but
0: uh, but the Hitman jerseys, though, those ones that you're talking about, are their alternates.
2: That's true. So basically, they both have a very similar alternate. So and uh, like this
0: year, they're not playing against each other. No, and um, no and they're just they doing only BC division other,
2: again. you know
0: like once a year
2: in yeah, Vancouver it, and like, yeah. yeah it it's like pittsburgh coming to vancouver or vice versa I,
1: that I see where chris is coming from where it's just one of those it's a little awkward i think when the teams do play each other cuz fans of you know either team if they do end up seeing one of those jerseys they're just neither be one like, of Whoa.
2: them neither one of them are wearing their alternates when they play each other probably not Yeah.
1: But but either way, it's just one of those, like, you're still going to see it around arenas. You're still going to see it pop up.
0: Yeah. So the jerseys that you're talking about are actually their jerseys now, but they've changed their jerseys almost every year. So yeah. that's why they had like, they had
2: I, one that was hot pink because of Bret Hart.
0: Yeah. Hart. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 They were they, their home. Uh, I don't know if it was their home or their way, but it was literally bright pink with the Hitman logo on it. And it was God awful
1: anybody somehow listening to this knows of someone who wants to get rid of one or sell one to someone, like, they should contact me because I want one of those so bad. Yep. Like, my final thing on, like, the whole Giants thing is just the fact of, like, I don't see that it would have hurt anybody had they waited, like, two weeks. Because I guarantee you it was probably still going to look better than whatever the heck they did in Abbotsford. Yeah. It was still going to look better. And and then people still would have been like, um It's it's tough you- though,
2: because like the the Johnny Canuck with the V, if Abbotsford would have flipped that upside down and made the A with the Johnny Canuck head almost identical to what the Canucks have used as a third in the past. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Giants came up with theirs, the Giants might have been accused of basically copying. Whereas was- now they set the bar and now Vancouver looks like or Abbotsford kind of looks like they're copying.
1: But if if Vancouver had done like a teaser where you knew enough of like what yeah. it was going to look like without showing the whole thing, and done a similar, yeah. hey, on this day we're going to reveal our entire like.
0: But they did new- do that. They did a teaser yeah. on Sunday night or Monday night, and they said that the no, jersey was like dropping the next day.
2: Yeah, but they that didn't. They didn't put any sort of an image for the teaser. They basically just yeah, said, they did. Hey, They guess put what? Uh,
0: they put the Giants uh, lo- they put the logo.
2: The Giants the did this? Logo. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I am I was talking about Abbotsford or Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. See, Abbotsford or Vancouver didn't do anything. And then they came out with a logo that's existed for 15 years. And it just seems like I, I really do think they saw Vancouver that sorry, they saw the Giants logo and went, crap, we were going to okay. do something similar.
1: Abbotsford feel any better. Vegas basically copped out when they did the Silver Knights and just said, "We're gonna take the exact same logo, make it a horse head, take the same name, and instead of saying gold, we're gonna say silver." silver. Yeah, and we're also gonna get the team like thirty miles away. Not even that; it's like twenty yeah. miles away. Um, yeah, and literally just copy paste.
2: Well, we'll we'll see what the Kraken's farm team gets named because they're down in there. Aren't they down in Coachella? Yeah, they're in uh, Palm Springs.
1: Yeah, in Palm Springs. Um, I'm on board with like Palm Springs, uh, Phoenix. I think is one of the ones that I had seen that I I enjoy also because it gets really, fairly toasty down there. Well,
2: well then the you Kraken get, um, wait you a get year. two. You get two mythical creatures, right? Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Cool. And I, I don't know. I feel like they have a lot of color schemes that they could do, especially considering, like you know, the Condors are blue and orange. You've got your, you know, Barracuda, which are teal and white. Uh, your Heat, which are red and orange, which which would be similar kind of to a color scheme, but you could still do it in a different way.
2: So, quick side note: Did you see what the Stockton Heat tweeted today? It was so good.
1: Oh, about, like, the, oh, we also would have waited? Oh, yeah. We also so, like, delayed? we, we would have yeah.
2: delayed, too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we would have delayed, too, because that uh, reveal was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I love the Stockton Heat, and whoever runs their social media is, like, my favorite person.
2: So,
0: uh, thank you for listening uh, this week uh, to the Third Line podcast, part of the Area 51 Sports Network. Uh, we'll cut it off there for Chris. Jess, who is taking care of her uh, kitten uh, puck, and we hope the best uh, comes from uh, that situation. And Liz, I'm Adam, and we'll uh, look forward to talking to you next week when we know what the expansion roster of the Seattle Kraken will look like, and we'll have a little bit maybe better idea of just the general landscape of the NHL going into the expansion draft. So thank you once again for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next week.